0: Welcome to The Craft. I'm your host, Mae Globus. This podcast is a collection of intimate conversations on artistry, mastery, and life with talented, passionately curious creatives and entrepreneurs. Most are dear friends. Some are those I've admired from afar. I hope you enjoy these conversations, this exploration of the humanity that connects all of us as much as I do having them. Thank you for being here and for listening. Tony Ferguson is one of the greats of skateboarding. Discovered by legend Tommy Guerrero at 16, this pivotal moment led him to becoming a pro skateboarder at 18, riding for Plan B, moving to California to continue pursuing this path, and traveling the globe doing it. He was born in Edmonton, but grew up in both Ottawa and eventually Vancouver. As a kid, he was full of energy and always moving, playing soccer and basketball, among other sports. In 1986, at the age of 12, Tony picked up his first skateboard after watching Back to the Future, mastering it through repetition and progression, and the rest is history. In this conversation, we explore the origins of a skateboarding career, the freedom and creativity of the sport, his retirement, and eventual shift into learning how to build and maintain a business at A Life, launching his own footwear brand, Roan, in 2015, and the craftsmanship that goes into it, a recent collaboration with Ace Hotel, the importance of leaving behind genetic codes for the next generation of emerging skateboarders, a dive into an incredible podcast episode with the Nine Club and Dr. Andrew Huberman talking brain science and skateboarding, what the sport has taught him about people in the world, what he wants his two sons to remember about him, and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with the fascinating, kind, and quietly legendary Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson. Welcome to The Craft.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for taking the time and, and being here. I'm really stoked on this conversation. I feel like we, we've we got a lot of topics to, to wrap and chat about.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So I love making the connection on how we met and, you know, just the, the strength of the Vancouver community and how close-knit it is. One of your best friends is Nate Sabine, and then you're also really close with Melania Dela Cruz and her her husband, Age. Yes. And uh, I think we met at Melania and Age's wedding, like a really long time ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that was the first time I met you. Was and it? Then, okay. And then it was years that passed, and then we had a really big catch-up this summer, so I'm really, really stoked that I got to know you more and that we can chat about you and your life, which is... a a pretty incredible one.
1: Oh well, let's see.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here it goes, everyone. <laughs> so you were born in Edmonton, and then your family moved to Ottawa, and then you came to Vancouver when you're 15. What well, What was your childhood like?
1: Um. Yeah, we. I, I was born in Edmonton. I always forget that because it was just a quick, such a quick. Like you know, I didn't spend a lot of time there, and then we moved to uh, Ontario, which. We moved around quite a bit we moved like in toronto around ottawa and like just around around that area um quite a bit but i mean overall like i, I had a loving you know household good upbringing um, we traveled a lot as a family and but we did like move around a lot um, so it, it was difficult you know and like just moving to schools all the time and you know and then moving from you know moving from the east coast to vancouver like i remember like i did not want to move to vancouver i was like mm. over i was not into it at all but yeah. my family we were moving here so
0: was it mostly because you didn't want to leave your friends yeah and exactly you're in yeah.
1: school and you have your crew of friends and yeah yeah
0: it's so interesting whenever you talk to whenever i've talked to someone who moved around a lot as a kid that's the general sentiment that it was they remembered it was just it was super hard and almost like isolating in a way because yeah. you'd make friends you'd feel comfortable comfortable in a place and then you'd have to to leave and I guess even as a kid you you feel that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so um, what were you like as a kid?
1: What was I like? Yeah, um, as a young. Or like
0: yeah, let's 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 go young kid like what you're like, and then (laughs) let's go into your teens after. But yeah, I want to know like what young Tony was like.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I had a lot of energy. I think like what my mom says. Just I was I was always moving. I always wanted to you know it was either sports or doing something like I was always had to be doing something. So yeah, you know I played soccer and football and basketball all you know yeah everything. so always athletic and yeah. always sporty yeah mm-hmm. and then uh and then eventually skateboarding where I just you know quit everything else and just focus on skateboarding that was it
0: yeah were you like shy or outgoing like what uh no what did I, think, like I think
1: I think I was more outgoing yeah. yeah yeah I wasn't shy yeah um yeah I don't know I had 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 friend had a lot of friends and different kind of groups and yeah I I don't know I I guess that was outgoing
0: yeah yeah Yeah. were you um were you like a curious kid Uh,
1: I I was curious but I wasn't like like I wasn't getting into trouble like I wasn't Mm. like I think I was you know either too scared to like of my dad or my you know or like I kind of stayed like pretty I had an older brother who would fuck up a lot, and then you'd <laughs> see what happened. So I was <laughs> yeah. kind of like, I didn't, I didn't do much. I was like, oh, okay, I'm.
0: You knew where you to know. stay in the lines. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah.
1: So I, I, I stayed out of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: In 1986, or in and around there, was a a big year for you because that was the first time you stepped on a skateboard, and um, I think you said you were around 12 at the time. Yeah. Um, what was that first moment like when you stepped on, on a skateboard? Like when you fell in love with it I don't
1: yeah I don't remember the exact moment but I just remember like us like me and my brother finding like just finding the skateboard I think the first thing was we saw um Back to the Future that movie had come mm-hmm. out and that's when skateboarding was just blowing up in the 80s and we've seen that movie and then we we found a skateboard so we started like playing with it and stuff and it was yeah it was just I don't know if it was like an instant connection but it was just like something I wanted I was like, oh this is so cool. Like this is you know, it wasn't yeah. like I don't think it was like instant, but yeah. It was something we just like gravitate towards and did and it turned into like, you know, this obsession mm. that t- typically happens, I
0: think. Yeah. yeah. Well I guess it kind of goes back to you've always been into sports, you've always been an athlete. Like mm-hmm. you list out all these sports that, that you're doing. Um were you, are like, are you competitive? Like, do you like, and competitive as in, like, do you like pushing yourself? And do you think that's why you were drawn to sports other than the energy, like, letting go of all that energy that you had in you?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it was the opposite. Like, it was, you know, I was, I was playing soccer, and I was very structured, and you have team and coaches. But then skateboarding was, like, you just do it on your own. You can do it whenever you want. Uh, there's no parents there's no you just leave the house and you're on a skateboard mm-hmm. it's like freedom it was like freedom
0: mm-hmm. so I think that
1: was more of the draw like and then I was like I quit this all the sports and I was I was done I was just wanted thing. to skateboard
0: yeah yeah you
1: know so I think that's what was really the draw because you're just like on your own you can it's like in an individual sport right right I'm, right I'm not it's not necessarily a sport but
0: it is now yeah 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 um i know when we were talking in the summer um and we were talking about when you picked up the skateboard we were talking about whether you were a natural talent or if you worked really hard to be great
1: yeah um i don't i don't remember if i was good at it right away but as i started skating i was like yeah i it was i felt like it was came pretty naturally mm-hmm. and uh and I was like ahead of all, like we have a crew of skaters, I was like always ahead of 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 them and learning tricks faster or, or you know, um, yeah. I've got sponsored pretty early, right away when I was skateboarding. So I think it came naturally.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and and then the work thing, like I, people are always like, oh, did you, you know how you work hard? You are working hard or training, but you're, we don't consider it, like you're just always skating, so. Yeah, you don't consider it like you're working hard at it or you're training.
0: Right, I guess it's like the act of mastery, right? You're just like doing something again and again.
1: Repetition and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I um, you and I were talking about, and we'll we'll I'll bring this up, but we'll put a pin on it because um, I think it'd be really interesting to explore deeper later. But we were talking about um, the. Aunt Dr. Andrew Huberman episode on the, the on the Nine Club yeah. and how awesome it was. And I was so fascinated. and Me too. I was so fascinated um, about how he's talking about the physical body and why he may not have necessarily been able to go pro because he was just kind of like – he didn't have the jump yet. You know, he didn't have like that – he wasn't able to like – get high enough or something like that his physicality didn't allow for it right so i'm just wondering like do you think that your physicality and your structure back then allowed you to be more athletic in the sport
1: maybe yeah it's it's like body type and and yeah i mean listening to him too like there's so many different factors
0: yeah you know and
1: people they you know people are training i guess they're like knee to toe um shin muscle bones and to jump higher and basketball and skate, like we we never did anything like that. It's just like you can do it or you can't. Now they train to, you know, get better and maybe that I don't know. But I do I do think it's the makeup. It's like your your body type, your I don't know, so much like yeah, I mean Yeah, it was just
0: it was something that I never like considered, you know, like when I would, would watch, you know, any any skateboarding, I was like never like Oh yeah, he's got the body type for but it. Then but then
1: you—it's skateboarding, such a strange thing because it—it's—it's it's not like other sports where you'll see some big, like husky guy, like mm. jumping down like a twenty stair rail and he can do it. Like right. he, So it is odd. Like it's—it's it's not just like you have to be this certain body type. Yeah, yeah. I it's not know. like a
0: jockey, you know, like no, on a, it's, on a it's, horse. Right. Yeah. So I guess maybe it's a combination of like everything like it could be your body type but it, it could just be your natural like athleticism right yeah yeah right. yeah right. and we were also chatting about um the parallels between skating and surfing and what that high is like for both sports and we were saying in surfing it's like catching that one wave and feeling that flow with the wave as you ride it and you had said in skateboarding it's doing a trick over and over again until you land it Tell me more about that. Like I think that's really fascinating. Like that yeah, flow I, about skateboarding.
1: I think it's it's all about progression. You know, you wanna you wanna learn something new. You wanna land something, but it doesn't it doesn't come easy. It's a very difficult sport. So it's like to to learn make something new, or make land a new trick. You're trying it over and over again. Like you know, so many times to be able to land it. So I think when you finally land it, you have. I mean, that's what you're. I think that's what you're chasing. I don't know. The progression yeah. of it, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was for me. Yeah. And in the early years, you're always trying to do something that's never been done. Like, that was the push. Like, right. progress, push it, and, and do something just for, I think, just for, like, the recognition. That was it. Mm. Just for, like, the... No.
0: And I guess the high of it too, which Huberman also talked about, like that dopamine hit. Right, that was super interesting too. Yeah, like that—that's actually happening in your chemis- in your chemistry and, and in your brain. It's actually
1: happening, and then how that balances out after—it's like so true. Yes. How he says, like that, you get the dopamine hit when you when you accomplish something like that, but then there's a there's a downside of it too.
0: Yeah, right, right. It's crazy because you keep on pushing yourself for for the hit, right? Yeah. yeah, And like doing something bigger. Right. Mm, yeah, yeah, that was so, so fascinating. And we were talking about um, how skateboarding has become an Olympic sport and, and what it means. And I read something where you referred to skateboarding as an art form, and I think it was a Vice article. And in in the interview, you said, I think if you skate, you are by nature creative, Tell me more about this and why you see it as an art form and creative outlet as well as a sport. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I guess it's, it's recognized as a sport because it's in the Olympics now. But mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it is an art form and and it is a creative thing. So it's like it's like comparing, like we, I never did too too many competitions. We were more about like, filming videos and pushing the you know the progression of it. Um, but you know, like it is—it is very creative. It's like comparing like two artists, like who's the best. Mm. At a, so it's it's difficult, right. You know, to to have a competition about who's the best artist or. Yeah, yeah, because it's it, subjective, right? It's, it's like, all subjective. Yeah, you know? right. Um, but I lost my train of thought. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, the Olympics is is—it's interesting because you know, it's, it's so cool that it's there and we've made it that far that it's there. But there's also like, yeah, it's it's hard to judge that, I think. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. And I guess you were talking about, for you, it, you were always like doing videos and stuff like that. And that's I feel like that's one of the great things about this gay culture is there is that aspect of it. It's like the fashion, the style, the, the music. And so I guess in that mm-hmm. way too, you were being creative because you were kind of your own filmmaker right with right. you sorry. and your friends
1: yeah exactly sorry I lost that but um yeah but I, I when I was younger I was like never thought that skateboarding was very creative I thought it was just but when you look at it you know everything you do about it, like you're creating a trick or you're doing it with your own style or you know you're you have your dressing you know a certain way yeah, your own unique right. style, like everything you're do or where you do the trick or like how oh. it's filmed, what music you're using in your video. Like, like it is when you look at it, it's very creative.
0: Yeah. Um, what kind of music were you, you using in, in your videos, like in the early days? Oh,
1: I mean, a lot of, I, I used, I used different stuff. I used like a lot of, like we used a lot of 70s kind of soul stuff, like in, in our first videos and yeah. then, and then hip hop stuff. Like we would, we would get tracks from, it depends on the videos, but we'd get tracks from certain like rappers that weren't out and we'd use that. We'd be able to use like those. So we, that was kind of what we were into. We wanted That's like a awesome. song that nobody had or right. You know, something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like such uh,
1: a lot of hip hop, I think in most of my yeah video in parts. In, your, <laughs> in, your,
0: in, in the early days. Yeah. Um, I was reading in time magazine that, um, U.S. participation in skateboarding increased by 34% during the pandemic. Did you hear that stat?
1: No, I didn't hear that stat, but it's, yeah, for yeah. sure. Maybe even more. Like, it, yeah. it's crazy.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I guess to your point of what you were saying earlier, like, it's such a solo sport that, of course, like, in in the time of the pandemic, it's something that you could do outdoors and, and socially distanced. But it's so interesting that it, Yeah, it had the ability to grow in that way during that time, which is great for the sport. It's great
1: for the sport, the industry, like these little, you know, skate brands or skate shops that were always just kind of making it are killing it now. And it's it's nice to see. Yeah, it's so, so
0: good for it. It's good, yeah. Yeah. Let's take it back to when you were discovered at 16 by um, Tommy Guerrero. Okay. Yeah. yeah, tell me about how, you met him at a skate camp in Boston, right?
1: Yeah. I. Mm-hmm. And I Tommy s-
0: called you after.
1: And Tommy called me after. Yeah, growing up I was, you know, I was, well, Powell Peralta and Bones Brigade, they were like the biggest like stars like in the 80s, late 80s. And it's like Tommy Guerrero, Tony Hawk, Lance Mountain, like all these guys. And yeah, somehow I had, I went to um, the skate camp in Boston. I, I still don't know how my parents like, like I, I think we drove from Ottawa to Boston to like go skate and like stayed there for the week. Um, but yeah, I ended up meeting a lot of people there. Like really, that was like a, that was a, a huge thing. Like I, I met another guy, Sal Barbier, who was like a huge pro at the time that was, gonna hook me up, and I met Tommy Guerrero. I met this other guy Aliasha, who's still to this day a really good friend and amazing like designer, from New York, like amazing skater, everything. Like, I met so many people at that at that camp. But uh, yeah, I guess after, when I got home, I got a call from Tommy Guerrero, who's like one of my childhood heroes, and he was like, oh, we're starting this new um, skateboard company called real skateboards and we want, we want you on it. We're going to start, you know, sending you stuff. And you know, I was living in Ottawa, yeah, Canada, away from every, like I didn't know any of the other people that were on the team. I, I wasn't really like up on everything. I wasn't in, everything's in California. You know, yeah. like if you're not there, you're not really like seeing anything. Yeah. You're seeing like magazines that are late. You're seeing like, you know, you don't really know. Mm. So it was it was pretty crazy. It was a
0: uh, what a moment for you.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. And, yeah. uh, and then shortly after I moved with my family out to Vancouver.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I'm so curious. I, you know, I've had these conversations with with friends about, you know, people who gave them chances. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to reflect on why you feel Tommy called you, obviously you were good at the sport but you probably had something else about you like if you reflect on it why do you think Tommy called you
1: um yeah I don't know I (laughs) I mean I think I he saw something in me skating that they liked but I I tell this to people too and all the time I I think it's your it's your attitude too because we we've had so many amazing skaters and you know we're gonna put them on the team or this and and they just don't get along with everyone else, or the attitude's not there, I think Mm. that is important, you know, you have to be, like, you kind of have to, like, you just can't be, like, I don't know, the attitude has, I guess you have to be
0: able to, like, make relationships. Well, yeah, you have to be able
1: to get along with people, for sure, but you can't be too, like, outgoing, you know, you just have to kind of take it how it comes, and, and, be respected, you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Just, is there, is it, do you feel like it's best to just have humility like yeah. with every, everyone around you, especially in that industry? Yeah, or? for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And just the way you handle yourself and certain situations, I think they, it goes a long way,
0: you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Right. So,
1: uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, you know, I think they, it was a good fit at the time. Yeah. And, you know, I've had some, that was a big moment but i've also uh, a friend of mine rick howard who's from Vancouver, who, who gave me my really first chance and you know which is like kind of the next yeah. the next story next yeah, part like of the story when
0: you're 18 or 19
1: yeah. yeah and um, he was writing for plan b and i for i had met him you know that year like i i didn't know him that well but you know same thing like he called me up and gave me like a an offer to ride for plan b and it changed my life right? you know like yeah. just like that hookup like changed everything and i feel like yeah i owe a lot to these guys for sure
0: yeah i guess it really opened up your world yeah it gave you, me a life like moved. everything
1: yeah. like it was just like boom like everything changed yeah and i was going to california and i was able to you know I was finished. I was finished school, just but, it was, uh, yeah. You're getting paid. You're traveling instantly. You're just gone. Like, yeah. It was. It was pretty cool. What was I it? owe a lot to those guys, especially Rick.
0: Yeah, when when people give you that hoop to to jump through, it's mm-hmm. yeah. It definitely feels, yeah, really special. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And um, you know, you were a teenager when you were getting into all of this, like, turning pro at 18 or 19, um, how did you navigate all of this change as as a teenager? Like, it must have been a dream come true. Is it just, did you have a way of navigating it, or you just kind of were living?
1: Yeah, I I think I was just living, you Mm. know. (laughs) I think I was around a lot of good people. Um, I mean, this is when, so I rode for Plan B for maybe a year, and then Rick and spike jones and mike carroll they started Girl skateboards so i was around at that time when it was all happening and yeah you're a teenager i mean they were starting that company and they were they were like 18
0: yeah it's
1: crazy to think back now yeah but uh yeah i think i was just around good people and it was like a family atmosphere like everyone took care of each other yeah and you had a lot of support there so yeah we were just going i think
0: yeah i guess it's important to find a good crew right like that has a pretty good head on their shoulders
1: yeah yeah because i mean like like i said before in sports and stuff or professional sports you have a whole you know there's there's a support system around you but like in skateboarding you're just like you're on your own you're Mm. your own boss you're your own like figure it out there's no like so i think it's good to have that if like your team and the people are you know are supportive because they're the only ones that can really help you
0: you right And I guess they're they're the only ones who really understand the life too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you moved to San Francisco and LA, but mostly LA.
1: Yeah, when we when I first I was when I was riding for real skateboards, they're based in San Francisco, so yeah. I would go down there a lot, and I would just stay. the 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 owner and team team managers had places we would just stay. So, I mean, I've probably lived there for like six or eight months. We would just always be yeah. down there, and then. Yeah. When I moved, when girls started, I moved to LA and yeah. I was, I was there for a long time. Yeah.
0: How was that for you? Like, what was the game changer living in LA for you?
1: Um, I mean, it was amazing. We just, you know, we were all like really young. I was skating with these guys who are all like the best skateboarders in the world, but they're like your best friends too. And when you're just all together all the time, it was great. It was like the best best of times you know Mm -hmm. and traveling all over the place with these guys and la was like the base like we weren't there a lot but that was where you know we all lived and
0: yeah uh, and you're traveling the world essentially yeah you're traveling
1: a lot yeah um so yeah that was fun i you know
0: like big huge growth period i'm sure
1: yeah yeah i mean it's like i said like you're always on your like i left i didn't like like a yeah, I probably left home at, like, 17. Like, you're gone. Like, mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah, you, you have know? to be
0: an adult pretty quick. Yeah, and I and was
1: traveling a lot before that, too. Like, yeah. to different cities and different places. So, you know, you have to become... Yeah, you just have to be aware of your surroundings. You know what I mean? Like, what you're doing. And, yeah. And especially as a skater. Yeah. I always tell my son that. Like, you got to be aware of, like everything like just not just so much skating but just like what's going on on the street and like mm. you know navigate through like just be aware yeah. Like that's that's like my biggest thing I'm always trying to tell him.
0: yeah be yeah
1: fucking aware of what's going on right like you didn't see that like just <laughs>
0: I guess it's like all about life too like philosophically like always be aware of like what's what's yeah. happening around you like people around you and yeah yeah is he naturally talented uh
1: I think so yeah I think so I he he's talented, and diff- yeah he is for sure. But he's different. Like he's he's just like a dancer. He's into music. He skates. Yeah. Um, but he's always like, oh, like this guy's better than me. And mm. I try and tell him like it's not about being the best at all. Like you just want to like enjoy that experience of being like, you know, like he has this little crew of friends and that's yes. You know he's like. Hanging out and
0: yeah, it's about enjoying the journey, I guess.
1: Totally, yeah. and then I, I, you know, I tell him like you don't have to. There's so many other things you can do within skateboarding. Mm. You know, like he likes shooting photos and filming. I'm like, look at like Spike. He like wasn't the best skater, but he picked up a camera and was like shooting. You know, like you can do that. Incredible
0: filmmaker. You could be yeah. an
1: artist and put your stuff on. You know, like
0: you mm. can design
1: stuff. You can design shoes, clothing, like. Yeah,
0: that's kind of, that's, again, going back within that realm. Yeah, yeah, there's so many different avenues. And Mm -hmm. that's a, I guess it's a really good thing for emerging kids right now that are taking this up to know that that's available to them. Yeah,
1: I think there's a lot there than just being like a pro skater.
0: Yeah, which is kind of to tie into what you did next. You retired in 2005. Mm -hmm. And was that a? What was that like for you when you retired? Was it really, did it feel really hard?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was It was difficult. I mean, looking back, like everyone's always like, oh, you left way too early. And like, I think when we were kind of at that stage, a lot of my friends too on our team, my team were like, we're always looking like, what are we gonna do next? Like, mm. like I knew that I wasn't gonna, I wasn't like the best. Like, I'm not gonna like be able to do this forever. So like, what's next? Like and I was always looking, I always wanted to like figure something out. And then this opportunity came up to do like this distribution and footwear with a life. And, and I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. And I was like, I just told them like, yeah, I'm going to be like, in hindsight, I probably could have done both like mm-hmm. for a long time, but I, I needed to do something else. So I, and learn something else. So I, I, I retired, um, from girl, but I mean, I still skated and I, st- I still skate all the time. Like it's not really, I just skate for myself. You know, it, yeah. like you're skating as much as probably you did before, but or maybe. But more. now it's
0: like, like <laughs> it really is true, like a side passion now, or it's still, yeah, yeah. it's a passion that it's you know it's not yourself. driving. You know, like it's not you have to do it for work, work. Right, and so put that pressure is on different. the table. So the pressure is, is is totally different. But but yeah. the
1: transition from you know just skating all the time you're you're hanging out with like 10 guys you're traveling around the world you're in a bubble right and and then all of a sudden and you're like praised and put on some pedestal and then all of a sudden like one day it's over mm-hmm. like it's hard and i know a lot of people have had like super difficult times like mm-hmm. you know to transition into like a normal life and a job like we didn't even know what that meant like right. like what what do you do? Like what what else?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what's
1: you know? I'm gonna go somewhere every day, and what what am I gonna do? Like
0: yeah, it's a bit of an identity crisis, right?
1: Yeah, you're you're having like a midlife crisis at like twenty five yeah. or thirty. You know? Yeah,
0: <laughs> how did how did you deal with it? Like how did you deal with the the transition from one identity to another? Like. I um, was yeah. it, it, was it smooth? Was it no, really, I,
1: I mean, like... I just, it had to be smooth. I didn't have a choice. Mm. I just, uh, you know, I didn't know a lot, but I just jumped in and, and learned it. Yeah. I yeah. think you just need to humble yourself a little bit, you know, yeah, and then just, you know, just do it. And, yeah. and that's what I did. I had an opportunity to, like, there, it was a different, like, we started this distribution and then really fast like we had this opportunity to do like help A-Life with their footwear and then so um I had a partner in Japan that was like an old skate friend and and he was just like figure out the shoes like you need to go to Korea and do the shoes design them manufacture them figure it out yeah so I just went and like
0: yeah you're basically the creative director right and not
1: right away but yeah. it was it was like there was they were like the, the brand guys were designing the stuff, but I was like developing it all and manufacturing it and doing marketing and everything. So it just it turned out to, I was doing everything, mm. but I would just go to Korea or China and figure it out.
0: Right. Right.
1: You're just thrown right in. And yeah. this is like, right. Like I had zero, zero experience
0: totally in so you're learning on the fly or
1: even like communicating with people on yeah. email about how that worked like f- forget it yeah yeah like i didn't have any kind of skills to do that
0: so but you just you just threw yourself in yeah. there
1: just 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 went in yeah yeah
0: which is kind of like i i imagine that was just like how you threw yourself into skateboarding you're like this is it i'm just going to do it
1: yeah but it, yeah i guess yeah because mm-hmm that's what you do. You dedicate yourself to it in skateboarding. You're just yeah. full on, right? You're just So, yeah. I I think it's it I didn't look at it as like a job. I was more just I like this and like I'm doing it.
0: Right, yeah. You know,
1: so I better figure out how to to to, to do it. To make your work. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you learn in that chapter at A Life and learning how to essentially build a business and keep it sustainable? What did you learn most about yourself during that time that surprised you?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think it's just, you know, being able to, yeah, being able to, it it was fun, like being able to like make stuff, you know, being able to like Mm -hmm. do the whole process and, and learn like the business from every aspect. So that was like, I think that was good to be able to do, you know, like it was like a startup thing and you're dealing with distributors, you're dealing with manufacturing, you're dealing with sales, marketing, you're like, you're dealing with all of it. Yeah. So you learn the shipping, like everything. So yep. it was like, you learn it all. And that was, that was good. That was valuable. For sure. Yeah, that yeah. was good.
0: So you were learning the ecosystem of how to run a business, right. which laid basically an incredible foundation for what you did next mm-hmm. in 2015 you launched your own footwear brand roan yeah which was your nickname growing up right yeah right and that happened organically kind of too right
1: totally yeah yeah tell me about that um yeah so when i was doing when i was doing a life i was also like i was doing i was doing a life footwear but then i was also consulting for other companies all the time like i helped them out set them up manufacturing or do other creative stuff i was always consulting for other brands and and even up up until recently and just and then it just kind of happened organically where i was like i was i was i wanted to make like you know these shoes we grew up with like from the 80s 90s that were like important to me but i wanted to make them like more elevated in this like high-end high-end thing, so it just kind of like, I tried it. I was just like playing around, like a little project. I did one shoe and I wore them and then, you know, it kind of snowballed and it was, it wasn't like a brand like set out to like launch a brand. Yeah. And even like the first few years, it's just putting stuff out whenever I wanted to put them out. It mm-hmm. was like a, a side project,
0: mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, now it's, it's kind of evolving and
0: and it's cool it's great yeah you yeah. love shoes hey
1: i like shoes yeah <laughs> i mean been wearing them my whole life <laughs> yeah
0: right <laughs> were you i feel like and you know going back to like roan and how you're you're making it it's it's all well crafted you know yeah. like you said it's elevated you're using the best leather tanneries in in europe mm-hmm. and in in italy um you know like that's a very deliberate choice with where you're choosing to manufacture them and not doing it in in China. Yeah. So I I feel like it tells me you have like this great attention to to detail and like the story and the quality of how things are made.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely I think the the manufacturing process is is super important. I mean, to be clear, we I make I make shoes some in Italy, some in mm. in Asia, like mm-hmm. it's, you know, I think it doesn't matter. I think there's there's high quality in both places it's yeah. it's very like you know even hard to tell like but i i think uh, yeah i just i think it's all about the details and if if i'm doing something that you know it's like nothing's really you're ne- you're never recreating the wheel
0: you know mm. it's like
1: you're you're always kind of like stealing something and putting your own interpretation on it that's how yeah. i look at it yeah. so not stealing but you're like you're paying homage to this. And then, you know, you're doing something different. So at that time it was like, I want to do a skate shoe that was, you know, $700 skate shoe, like made in Italy, like, you know, and people were like, didn't understand it at all. They yeah. were like, it's not a skate shoe. How, who's going to afford that?
0: Mm.
1: You know? And, mm-hmm. and it, like, I got a lot of flack for it in the beginning, like yeah. tons, like who, like, who is this for? Like, you know, and, It was like, it's not about that. And now you see, you know, all these luxury brands are doing skate shoes a few years later. And people, like, that's why I like that stuff. Because I'm like, oh, like, you're putting skateboarding on this level. And, like, I like it. But no one was doing that before. And, you know, it's interesting. Like, now it's accepted a little bit more.
0: Totally. And, like, you were, when all this was happening, you, like, had made this transition into the next chapter of your life. So essentially you were kind of making product for you. And it totally.
1: <laughs> I was like, I don't really know who this is for, but I like it's like, like it. someone like me. But
0: yeah. I don't know yeah, how yeah. many
1: of those guys are out there. So Yeah.
0: I'm I'm so curious because um like I'm super into fashion and I know that it's really hard to get those European like craftspeople and, and ateliers to, to do business with you. Mm-hmm. You have to like they have to really understand the story behind it. I'm curious, how did you convince them to like, work with you?
1: Um, I mean, it's it was just through you know it's just a network of of friends. Like I had someone mm. here that I got introduced to this. I first started working with this guy Rock, who is this like shoe guru. He he does like Vizvim shoes. Yeah, like, okay. Like he hand makes all these, um, but he's he's in China and he hand makes. Just beautiful shoes. Like he he does like, he works in Italy. He's in Italy like every month, and he brings materials back and he teaches in Italy. And so it was just mm. kind of like I was introduced to him, and then someone else introduced me to someone in, in, uh, in Italy. And yeah. they were off. They knew of me, and they knew it was just yeah. It was and it but they do really want to hear the story. Yeah, they, right. it's not just like oh we're gonna make you some shoes and and that's the end of it. Like they want to know like. The they want to see it. The why they yeah. want to see it and, and like the why to see why you're, like you're yeah, it. They want to almost see like the business plan and they want to see like what's the story behind it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because well, they invest in you too, right?
0: Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. What was the story you told them about? Oh, it's just and, the
1: story. This is yeah. it. It's like I'm skateboarding. This is what I want to make and yeah. like the one rock. I loved it. He was like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's a story. We're all, we're, yeah, that's, that's a story. We're so in. you should do it.
0: Nice, nice. You know. But so,
1: I didn't. I didn't really want to. Like, well, I didn't set out to to do a brand.
0: That's, yeah. Okay. Like at
1: that time, I knew I've always wanted to do that, but it wasn't at that time and the name and. Yeah. But it just naturally kind of, you know. It's not like you had that.
0: this like structured business plan about no, how you were gonna at all. approach it. Yeah. Right. And you recently just did a collaboration with Ace Hotel. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. That's huge.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it's super exciting. Those yeah. guys are cool. So slides, your slides yeah, are... Yeah, we, we did this, like, recycled slide. It was, like, completely recycled out of, like, EVA waste and wrapped in, like, this fabric made from uh, from water bottles. And we had that, and they really liked it. And we are like, could we do our own version of this? Because yeah. we, want, we want a new, like, you know, we want to have this this slide that can be in every room you know how you can purchase like in room a robe or towel so they want to have these like in all the rooms and in their spas yeah and then in all their hotels so we've we've been working on it for like yeah for for a while now but it Mm -hmm. it, it, covid was you know it's like they're all that they were all closed down all their hotels for a while so yeah took a little longer but it's yeah super exciting project it's cool yeah
0: yeah and I guess you had a lot of months to kind of like really focus on Roan with being grounded and not traveling as much right totally yeah yeah what's it what's it like being more of like a a solo visionary of a brand as opposed to, to having to make decisions like with a larger team like in a life is it nice to kind of have that freedom of just being the solo visionary and not having to really answer to anyone but like you and yeah
1: i mean it, it's nice but it's like kind of a double-edged sword too because mm. you don't have like that a lot of creative input and you know if it's just you doing it then you're second guessing yourself. you're like oh should i yeah. do it but if like it's a team of creatives like it's i think you know that's good too yeah you know to bounce light. ideas off of people and do you
0: have some sounding boards in your life for that yeah stuff? Yeah, yeah i do for sure yeah that's really good um in our conversation in the summertime, you know, between the two of us, we have friends that are either like, you know, you have pro skateboarder friends, I've got some former snow, uh, pro snowboarder friends, and we were chatting about like, how some of them were extremely smart, like, if you think of like Mikey Scott, he used to be a pro snowboarder and then he pivoted to running global marketing for Herschel Supply or Daryl Trinidad went from, you know, also being a pro snowboarder and he went and ran Spy optic and is now at parkland we were talking about those guys having the ability to be smart and be able to pivot out of that Mm pro-life into something entrepreneurial or career-wise that way um yeah and we were talking about some people who like weren't able to to do that as easily like you were able to to pivot right Mm -hmm. and um we were talking about Pharrell's podcast Other Tones, and I think it's he does it with Scott Venner and and Family, and it was introduced to me by um, a guest who was on here, Jamie Collins, and I love that part in the Virgil and Cause episode where they were talking about leaving the genetic codes for the next generation to take and to to build upon, and I want to know like, what what genetic code are you wanting to leave behind for this emerging? generation and the importance of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I, I agree. I feel like the the same way lately. It's like, or, you know, the stage in my life, I think this that I'm responsible to kind of, you know, open doors, help people out. Like I was helped out or like not just open doors, like keep the door open, you know, and, and show people kind of like how you can do it. Like those guys you mentioned, or like some of us were lucky enough to pivot out of, skateboarding but it's it's difficult you know and there's i think skater especially skateboarders you know i don't know what it is but a lot of skateboarders come from like broken homes and like you're on your own and then you don't really have the like the support when it comes to business and they're very underrepresented you know so it's like you you go to pivot into something else there's not a lot of help there right so like i don't know i think i feel responsible like to just give back as much as i can if it's like mentorship stuff or just doing these even sometimes you know they're like yeah. you know just leaving like like here's like the roadmap. like this is what you can do i think it's important
0: yeah for the yeah. kids who are coming up in the sport if you were going to give them like a, a piece of advice on how to successfully navigate that transition what would you tell them
1: to you mean transitioning out of like something into yes yeah yeah, into that next chapter yeah I think you know I I think number one you have to love what you do you know like like whatever you choose to do like you got to love it um and just work hard but I think I think you have to be you know like skateboarding we were just Like I said, you're in a bubble or like pro sports, you're like in a bubble. I think you have to like be more diverse, like Mm. in general and just like look at everything and then you won't be so, you know, when you go to transition, you're just not like fish out of water. Like you've never worked before. You've never talked to someone in that way. Like, I think it's good to just start, keep hitting that, (laughs) you know, to be able to talk to all kinds of people, right? Like Mm. you need to be able to sit down and talk to like just different people. You right. Know? And uh as skaters or sometimes professional like I said you're kind of praised and put on this like you you're you're not doing that. You're not really like out of your box. Mm. Um seeing other things. I think you just need to be a little more diverse. Yeah. You know.
0: I I like that a lot. I mean, I think it's so applicable to life in general, right? Is to like be expansive. Yeah. You know, within Outside of your world, um, something you said earlier is like have a good network around you, yeah, and like people who can support you, not people who are fair weather, but right. like people who can go from from chapter to chapter. For sure, because those relationships are so important.
1: Yeah, mm.
0: I think that's really really good advice. Yeah, you know, and this kind of ties into something that um, in the nightclub Club podcast with Huberman, um, something that really struck me was how he said like he was talking a lot about people from his past who were like gone. And he was just saying like skateboarding, you know, it's, it's lost a lot of, of people. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, and I'm just listening to you talking about how, you know, you could be put on a pedestal or how, when you make the transition, like everything could be gone and like your identity that you, you knew is gone. So it's, you know, to what he was saying, it's really important to take care of your mental health and, like, being able to breathe properly and to, like, yeah, be able to take care of yourself so that you have the strength to do these things, you right. know, to make those those pivots and and right. doing that, right? So, yeah, I guess to you, probably taking care of your mental health is, is really important. Yeah,
1: it is for everyone, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: but, yeah, that's, yeah, I... I'm doing, by the way, I'm trying all the stuff from his podcast, like the breathing, yeah. the, like, you know, yeah. just, it's it was super interesting. But yeah, he's, we we have like lost a lot of uh, people in skateboarding and we've lost a bunch of close friends, like, you know, in that time too, which it was hard, you know, and, and yeah, everyone didn't make it out the same way, you know, like, so it's, mm. I, I always feel like I have to, you know, c- kind of keep their name alive, you know, like the mm. Keenans and Huff and all the the people we lost, you know. It's like um yeah. I was like whatever I'm trying to like include their like style in it or something, you know, something that I learned from them or Yeah. You know, that's
0: you know. that's awesome. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it just goes back to like we all just have to look out for each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah yeah and so what's coming up next for you? you know like you were telling me that you're starting to look at how you want to give back to that next generation. you were talking about how you were starting to chat with organizations like Indigiscate. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. what does this look like for you like this this give back chapter?
1: I mean, I don't know whatever I can do, you know um, I have you know things I haven't been going actively, trying to be honest i just you know people approach me about it i'm like super down to help and mm. and give back and uh yeah the indigi Indi, indigi skate thing is is going to be amazing it's like a mentorship program um for kids that like want to become like a pro skater and how that how they can do it and i mean yeah i'm open to to all kinds of you know whatever i could any advice i can give if it's just mm. one kid or yeah it that's it that's all like it really matters you know
0: yeah right
1: um but yeah i I don't know i i'm I'm excited to do stuff but i'm you're just open to it yeah i'm open to it yeah exactly yeah yeah
0: so looking back at everything you've done i just have just a couple more questions for you because i know you're a super busy guy i appreciate you being here (laughs) so looking back at everything you've done from a young teenager to, to now you know your skateboard career running a life um Launching Roan, this like network that you've built yourself across the world over decades. Your family now. What are you most proud of when it comes to your life or in yourself as a person?
1: What are most proud of? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Tough question. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, you know. I, I don't know, I'm just, you know, you're just, like, kind of pushing through. You're just, like, keep moving, you know, keep pushing, <laughs> like, keep I'm not really, like, looking at everything. I mean, I think I've been fortunate enough to, like, be in these positions and have this amazing life, you know, mm-hmm. skateboarding and all that. And, um, yeah, I mean, skateboarding was huge to be able to do that, to be able to, like, go pro. And that was that's something I'm really proud of. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm proud of. Yeah, what I'm doing now, I'm really proud of family. Obviously, like
0: yeah,
1: those are yeah, those are like the big
0: the big things. Big things, yeah. For sure. yeah, yeah. What has skateboarding taught about you? Taught you about life, the world, and and people.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, skateboarding is. It's such a, you know, it teaches you. It teaches you that. You definitely you have to fail and fail and fail before you succeed mm. just like trying a trick you're like always you're you're trying and trying trying trying, trying you f- finally make it like that's the best life lesson you could ever learn right you know like i swear because like everyone now is just like they want this instant like success you know 100%. it's like why why didn't i not make you like you know and then they become like you know, entitled, like, why, look, why, I'm, I'm as good, like, why, Mm. but, uh, yeah, that, it teaches you that, and, you know, I think it's a big life lesson that, you know, you learn, you need to fail, like, like, I failed a lot before I got
0: Mm.
1: to where I am, right? and you have to learn from those failures and move on, and
0: it's Mm -hmm. part of
1: life, right? Yeah. Yeah, and skateboarding does that.
0: You just get back on the board, I guess.
1: Yeah, you just, you just go and go until you, until you, um, till you make it. Yeah. That's it.
0: Yeah. And you're the dad of two sons now, Anthony mm-hmm. and Luca. Mm-hmm. What would you like them to most remember about you?
1: Oh, I think just, you know, love and being there and, you know, supportive of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that would, that would be it. Simple. Simple, yeah.
0: Yeah. My final question that I ask every guest with what it is that you do, what do you want to leave behind in the world?
1: Yeah, always a hard question, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I wanna, you know, if, you know, if, if, so leaving a legacy behind, I think it would be like that I like contributed something to like culture and that would like inspire people, you know, if I contributed something and then, and then like you were saying, like within that, like open doors for people, you know, for the next generation, mm. I think that would be, you know, and also like at the end of the day, like you want to be remembered as a good person, you know, that was fair to everyone. That, that's like probably what you, people are going to remember. Not, none of the other shit. He had money, successful, you know, no one cares. It's like, was he a good person? Okay, yeah you know it's kind of it.
0: I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. keep pushing as you did and like be a good person.
1: Yeah, keep pushing and be a good person. Mm. Yeah.
0: I appreciate your time, Tony. Thanks for being here and you know, opening up. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and I hope to have you back again sometime.
1: Yeah, time. do you. it. okay. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Thank you. If you enjoyed that last conversation, be sure to check out more episodes of Craft on Spotify and guest photo galleries on the website at wearethecraft.com. Thanks again for listening.